Thank you, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 19. And the Bible says, What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? This is the Apostle Paul. The context is what you do as a Christian with meat that is actually sacrificed to idols. And he says, verse 20, No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons... And not to God, I do not want you to be participants with demons. So this right here, for us who believe in Christ, this is a foundational verse, right? About idol worship. Any other spirituality outside of the worship of Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul says that an idol is nothing. We all agree on that? Okay? But he says that the Spirit... The idea behind idols is the spirits of demons. It is, in a way, a distraction from keeping people from worshiping the one true God to worshiping something that is not. But there is a deep, dark, powerful force behind it. So, uh, before we jump into our discussion on Wicca and the New Age, we mentioned it a few minutes ago, but uh, Sunday was a very special time. And I just want to thank the church for being mission-minded. Uh, I think maybe I should preach less often, because Sunday was awesome. Um, the testimonies, the music, I just really sensed the Spirit of the Lord was there. And just a note, uh, as we go forward, and the more that we become a church that is willing to reach out, the more we're going to reach people that are not simply, you know, we could just use the phrase suit-wearing Southern Baptist tithers from another church who come to our church. We're going to reach people that come from this background, that come from backgrounds of different religions. For example, um, the Chinese restaurant that is right next to Quiznos. Y'all ever go there? All right. Good food, takeout. I know their son from the YMCA, and they're from China. And most people that you meet from China... Y'all tell me, if you've ever gotten into a discussion about faith, what do they usually tell you in regards to religion or faith? No religion. It's been eradicated. Mao Zedong, the communist revolution. So most Chinese people who come here, that's not even a category that they live with. Thoughts of God and theology and the afterlife and heaven and hell. So what we're simply saying is that even though we're in Franklin County, we're not in Roanoke, we're not in Richmond, the world is coming to the U.S. It's already here. So just, just another FYI, as we grow increasingly missional, we're going to reach more and more people to the praise of Jesus. And I think when a church really becomes missional, they don't reach necessarily people like themselves. You can look at that socioeconomically and also ethnically. All right. As of this point, we don't have any black members at Rocky Mount Baptist Church. I think, I think most everybody we have is, is white. Now, you can look at it from two perspectives. One is say, well, we have to have these certain type of people. And another perspective is to say, let's be what God has made us to be and let all people come. So that's something I think we need to work on, okay? To reach out to everybody we can. Alright? Just a little FYI. But, um, Tiffany, I may reference you, uh, for, Tiffany comes from Wiccan background and how many years were you in involved with this? Uh, for about eight years. Okay. All right. 
So the main idea here, we're going to maybe reference you, you can give us some illustrations from your experience, is that, and this is a good thing to memorize, that spiritual experience, it could be, right, it could be some sort of spiritual deception. The key within Wicca is spirit guides, the worship of nature, the, the unification of us and all living things and so forth. And it's very experientially based. But the question is, is it possible for us to be deceived? Okay. But here's a couple of important distinctions. Um, there should be a guide there by you. The occult and a specific cult. The occult is dealing with the supernatural, mystical, magical beliefs phenomena, spirit realm, Ouija boards, uh, witchcraft, sorcery, things of that nature. But a cult would be a specific group, all right, like the Mormons. And is it usually the best way to reach Mormons with telling them straight up, first conversation, first sentence, by the way, you're a cult? Okay. Is it? Mormonism is a cult. Once again, we want to go through this series and not have like all of this truth. You're seeing the Terminator, right? And he's got all these weapons. I mean, he is just ready to rock for battle. We don't want to come off like the Terminator to people. We understand that people are not just arguments to be won, but they're people to be loved and to be led to the truth. All right. So that's just a little distinction there. So the question is, what is Wicca? Um, it's a miscellaneous collection of beliefs about spirits, gods, and goddesses, belief in reincarnation. Um, all life is sacred. There's actually a video clip that I chose not to show. It's not of Wiccans, but it's of an extreme environmental group called Earth First. And if you go on YouTube and you type hippies crying over trees, it will come up. And these people are, I, I mean, they have lost it. They are just crying their eyes out, screaming because of the logging of trees in North Carolina. Now, most people would look at that video and say, what? You crazy. I mean, we're talking like emoting to the full. I mean, wailing from like the toes out, screaming, we're sorry, trees, you know, we're here, we love you and we care. And most people look at that and they say, that's insane. But let's take for just a few moments and think about what if all life is sacred? What if life is life? Is that insane within that worldview? No, it's actually very logical if all life is the same. Okay, uh, There's multiple ways to God. Um, they reject violence. There's the, the Wiccan rule. Um, and if you read Old English, and doesn't mean and, it means if. So you could read it, if it harm none, do what you will. Okay, so it's just kind of nonviolent and um, nature focused. You have anything to add to this, Tiffany? Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, here are some things that Wiccans would deny, and it's on, on your outline. They would deny the concept of heaven and hell. Um, the existence of the devil. Now, this is a key term. Don't talk to a Wiccan and say, I think you're a Satanist. All right? Because they don't believe in Satan. Okay? Now, Satanists do a lot of very, very strange things. There's a guy in South Carolina, big guy, did wrestling, like the actual kind you go to the Ben Franklin Middle School and watch. Have any of y'all been to one of those? Okay. 
like the actual fake wrestling. A group of pastors, we're going to go one night. We've been talking like we're going to go. They've got one guy, and he looks like he just, you know, bless his heart. He's got to be in his 80s, and he's there, you know, and he's got his wrestling gear on. And I'm like, brother, just no, you know, regardless, no. But um, I have no idea where I was going with that, but it came up. So anyway, we're just going to move on. All right. Um, the existence of absolute evil, uh, the inspiration and authority of the Bible. I know where it's going. Um, the guy that I met, Roy, he had been involved, check this out, not, not in spiritualism, not in, in Wicca, but he had invo- been involved in Satanism. Okay, the, the drinking of blood and um, given, yeah, given our crowd tonight, we'll just say uh, group immorality. Okay? And, and he had to stop at the point to where it was group homosexual um, enforced uh, immorality. And you can just, he who has ears, let him hear. And that was the extent to where he was felt comfortable going, later came to faith in Christ. But in Wicca, there's not this type of forced group immorality. Okay, uh, So a lot, sometimes it can occur with uh, people being unclothed in certain you know, uh, things that they do, rituals and so forth, but it's not Satanism. We're all on the same, same page. Now at the core, right, at the core, it is, it is demonic. And we'll see that from the scriptures here in just a few moments. But it's very helpful not to call people things that they're, that they're not. Um, basically, we're not going to go through all this word by word. If you can take the fundamentals of Christianity, Wiccan denies it. Okay? So basically take the, the essentials of Christianity. Now, we'll see this in a few minutes. The, uh, the trappings of Christianity, such as love for other people, responsible environmental stewardship, all of those things Wicca says we should do, but they deny the God from whom those things come, which is problematic. And here's a few uh, Wiccan symbols. Notice right here, this looks like a pentagram, which is a Satanist symbol, but it's a pentacle. It's got the circle all the way around it, symbolizes that it was the earth. Fire. Okay. All right. Did when you were studying, did they ever put the person or the self as the fifth? No. Okay. All right. From what I read, it depends on some. They'll say that it depends upon your way to to God, and so you've got these natural forces in the world, and then you've got your you you're in there uh, as well. So, actually, I've known some guys before, and they had this tattoo. I'm like, dude, you know what that means? Like, it just looks cool. I'm like, anyway, mm. you know, just know, know, what it, know what it means. I've seen Christians wear that. Though. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just yeah, throwing yeah. it out there. I, I have seen Christians wear that, and I said, do you know what that is? <laughs> and they're like, no, it represents the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it's always good to do research, right? <laughs> Something's going to be permanent there. Uh, question: Is witchcraft real? What do you think? Okay. The Bible does teach that Satan and demons exist. Okay. And the Bible also teaches that Satan and demons have spiritual power. Now, we believe in the sovereignty of God, yes, absolutely. But you cannot take the scriptures and come to any other conclusion that there, there, there is a dark, evil spiritual power. All agree? Okay. 
Because there's some Christians who'll say it's all hocus pocus. It simply doesn't exist. There, you know, there's no such things as such as paranormal activity and so forth. And my question is, have you read the Bible? Because if you read the Bible, you find things that don't fit within a rationalistic system. Um, there's a missionary that I know, I don't know if I've ever shared this in a sermon, but he said that he was in an area of the world to where it is, I think it was somewhere in India, a lot of idol worship, a lot of spiritism, a lot of demonic activity. And he actually he opened his Bible in that native language and he was explaining the gospel to this person. And he says, do you see it says right here, and it was about Christ. And, and they, they looked at, at the Bible he was holding in his hand and they said, there's nothing on those pages. He said, no, no, seriously, it's right here. And they said, it's blank. A lot of other stories. One story in particular, there's a missionary house, um, and it was in a very demonic, I guess we could say infested area, and the missionaries would, would get up in the morning and they would find a pool of blood uh, on their front step out there. They said somebody may be doing that. Missionary stayed up all night, made sure nobody was there, looked as the sun was, was coming up, and right in front of his chair there was a pool of blood. When I was in Haiti, uh, one of the national pastors there said that he was praying inside of, the, of a church building one night. And he said and something flew past his head and exploded on the wall. He says it was like a baggie, like a Ziploc bag full of water. Very small shotgun you know, house type of church. And so there's nobody else in there. Very small room. He goes back to praying. It happens again. Boom. And he kept on praying. He says, you know, he's going to stay focused on the Lord. Well, what he didn't know is that someone was paying a witch doctor to cast spells on him to bring him physical harm. But he says the witch doctors in Haiti, if you talk to Haitian Christian, they'll say the same thing. That the spells don't work to bring harm to Christians because the God of the Christians is stronger than the Guinea spirit, a.k.a. Satan, whom they worship. And some of us were like, we're hung up on the baggie. What's, what, what does that have to do with anything? In places like Haiti, a large part of the demonic power has to do with terrorizing people with things that you can't understand. Things that don't make sense. So we could go on and on and on about stories like this from around the world. And the interesting thing is that the guy who was in charge of the mission in Haiti named Bill Younger, he's... He's an American guy from Melbourne, Florida, who's a, who's a former businessman. I mean, in his, in his early 50s, just as logical and as laid back as they come. And he says, here, there are things that you cannot explain scientifically. So, there is a spiritual world. And a lot of times we as Christians, as Western Christians, we're always looking, I think we should, to a certain degree, to say, how does this make sense with the way that we understand physical laws? But just like miracles, okay, we have to understand that there are certain things that may happen that can't be explained through rational causes. Um, Acts 16, remember the, the girl, the slave girl who had the spirit of divination? She was able to do some sort of, of weird type of thing to where people thought their fortunes were being foretold. And then the Apostle Paul came and he cast the demon out of the girl. And what happened after that? Exactly. 
She was Mrs. Moneybag. She was bringing all the money in. And once she lost the demon, they lost the money. Which is very interesting. When you look at the book of Acts, you see the economic impact of the gospel of Jesus. To the point that in Ephesus, the stronghold of idol worship, so many people were coming to faith in Jesus that no one was buying the idols and it caused a riot in the whole city. So anybody that says Christianity is separated from economics is not reading the Bible carefully, right? Uh, another question. What if a person has had a spiritual experience such as a spirit guide? Have any of you had conversations like this before? All right. Now, one question to ask is, is it possible to be deceived? Tiffany, you have anything to add here? Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, for instance, uh, demons can disguise themselves, you know, a lot of people, ghosts exist, ghosts really don't exist. It's actually a demon disguising themselves as, like, a little child um, trying to gain your trust to get into your life, and once they mm. get into your life, they start mm. things. Uh, so, really, when you think it's something nice and sweet, it's really something evil trying to make its mm. way into your life, mm. trying to get you to trust it. I think that's a good point in regards to... Anybody remembers how Satan actually appears? It's an angel of light. Now, the context is he's sending false prophets, right, who sound good, but their message is anti-Jesus. Why do you think the Apostle Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit to write angel of light? I mean, if Satan is Satan, the epitome of evil, the guy who waged the original rebellion against God that didn't really go that well, right? It was like the battle that happened and it was over, if you could call it that. Why would Satan appear as an angel of light if he is pure evil? Deception. Okay. I understand the word antichrist is actually the Greek prefix, which means instead of... It can. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Lies are what's natural to him. Jesus said, you know, Satan lies, speaks his own language, so Mm. he's going to deceive. So Satan being the father of lies is not so much, hey, I'm Satan, I'm here, I want to destroy your life, I'm the thief, I'm here to steal, kill, and destroy, but rather, I'm the good guy. I can bring good to your life. So, what's that? As Christians, we all live in spiritual warfare. Yes. Every day, So the fact that Satan is the father of lies, that he appears as an angel of light, what should that? How? What should our response be as believers? Just taking that alone in regards to this. Our outlook on life. He has to be examined to the scripture. Absolutely. So what if a person comes and they've had an experience and the experience has helped them, right? Because that's usually what it is. People looking for answers and so forth. I've had this experience. It's given me meaning and fulfillment in my life. It's helping me deal with my problems. Well, that's how self-centered 
you know, I think a spiritual experience, when it's from God, they're so rare, but they're always to bring glory to Him and to grow His mm. They're never just to make yourself more comfortable. And, mm. you know. Good. So a genuine ex- spiritual experience comes from God, and it's not just going to be for me. We'll get into this more. That's good. Um, and then the, the John's point about it has to be examined by Scripture. That sounds so basic, but that is so profound. What? And if you, you ever watch John MacArthur interviewed, I mean, you, he comes back time and time again. Well, it depends. What is your authority? What is the authority? And he goes back to the Word of God. And even going back to the crazy hippie video, right? If the authority is something other than the Word of God, it could be totally rational to mourn trees in the same way that we mourn an infant who dies, and so forth. So the, the Word of God is the authority. Uh, here's just a statement from a book. I don't recommend. I just picked up this book one time and I read a little bit. I don't recommend you read this book, okay? But this is a good illustration about um, black magic. We're going to talk about that as opposed to white magic. It's the the book called The Black Arts, A Concise History of Witchcraft, Demonology, Astrology, Alchemy, and Other Mystical Practices Throughout the Ages. Not exactly the kind of book you want to use for your quiet time. Okay? And he says, quote, The driving force behind black magic is hunger for power. It is rooted in the darkest levels of the mind, but it is much more than a product of the love of evil or a living or a liking for mysterious mumbo-jumbo. Check this out. It is a titanic attempt to exalt the nature of man, to put man in the place which religious thought reserves for God. Now, this guy's not a Christian, but what does that statement remind you of? Like the Most High. Absolutely. Absolutely. It goes back to the old lie saying, I don't like you being in charge, Lord. I want to be in charge. But here's the question when you talk to a person who's involved in Wicca. They would discount Satanism, the black arts, things like that. But And they would say that they believe in white magic, okay? Which is not casting spells upon people to hurt people, like a Harry Potter type of thing. But it's, uh, it's a way to... Um, to gain benefit for yourself. But here's what the new Bible dictionary, this is a good resource, all right? This is something good to pick up and have around. It uh, says about the difference between black magic and, um, and white magic. Quote, black magic attempts to produce evil results through such message, methods as curses, spells, destruction of models of one's enemy, like the uh, voodoo doll, Okay. And alliance with evil spirits. It often takes the form of witchcraft. White magic tries to undo curses and spells and to use occult forces for the good of oneself and others. Like if you read some popular fiction, you have things like the white witch, okay? The white wizard and so forth. But the question for us as believers is what does God's Bible or what does the God's word say about black magic or white magic. Do you see a distinction in God's word between the two? You really, you really don't. Now, they didn't have exactly Wicca going on when, when the uh, Israelites came into Canaan. 
what they had was more like Satanism, okay? They had things like group um, forced immorality. They had, um, anybody remember what the religion of Molech was all about? Absolutely. Infanticide. Which, by the way, was economic because the way that the people thought that the world worked is that the local gods, the Baals and so forth, were in control of the weather. So if we gave our firstborn sons to satisfy this God, then the God would send more rain, favorable weather patterns, which means we would have more crops, which means we would make more money. And what is the abortion industry fueled by today? Money. It's, the, it's like Charlie Daniels said, when he, when he became a believer, he, uh, is, I think in the mid-late 90s, he, he made an album called Steel Witness, and in one of his songs, he referred to the greenback God of choice. But there's not a distinction in the Bible. Um, if all attempts, let's we'll read this, if all attempts to channel the supernatural outside of God are acts of rebellion, then white magic is even more of a deception because it looks good. That's what witchcraft actually is. It's an attempt to gain power to use forces outside of God. And we'll look at a few scriptures um, from the Old Testament. But before that, we're in Franklin County, but Wicca is very much alive in Virginia. Um, this is, I just grabbed a screenshot off the internet. This is a group in Roanoke. And you can go to Roanoke Pagan Picnics, alright, so it incorporates neo-paganism and Wicca, and you can be involved in that, alright, don't, but it's just where we are. And this is a, a list from a website of all of these places, we've got one, two, three, four here in Roanoke, uh, we've got the... The Temple uh, of Religion, there's the Roanoke Metaphysical Chapel, there's the Roanoke Valley Drum Circle, I think there's one in Lynchburg as well. There's a Witchcraft Apprenticeship School that you can go to in Lynchburg, okay? All of these places uh, are in Virginia, and what some people call the Bible Belt, okay? So it's here. Now, the question is where some people say, well, how does New Age intersect with that? Uh, new Age is kind of difficult to define. And if you want to make some notes along this, uh, they do believe in evolutionary godhood. Basically, you can become your own god. Who does that remind us of in our study in apologetics? Everybody? Okay. That's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess in... Certain, yeah, that's basically it. But specifically, we the Mormons, right? And that's one of the things with the Mormons that's just so bizarre. It it kind of feels like an old, like an old, ancient type of paganism, and that's because it is. Okay, you've got endless baby making and so forth. Like heaven is all defined by sex, and that's what. Old school paganism was. Everything was defined by that. That's what they were driven by that. Uh, secondly, they're driven by global unity. I just put this in here. Let's be one. All right. So things such as logging and, you know, using in a responsible way the resources that God has given us. It's not okay. All right. Because we're supposed to be one with nature and, and whatnot. Um, 
Anybody ever heard New Age music? Okay. What usually does it sound like? I mean, you don't have to actually do it, but... What? Yeah. Yeah. Very redundant. Mm-hmm. Not a lot on the scale. It doesn't, you know, explore the scale of notes. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe eerie a little bit. There's some New Age music that, that's very relaxing. It's like sounds of nature and things like that. And it does have some very pretty music. But something for me, most a lot of people don't know this, most of the stuff that I listen to is pretty calm because I'm going all the time. I listen to a lot of classical. Some people are like, really? I'm like, yes, and you should too. It helps your brain. So that's, that's, what, that's what I listen to a lot. But here's the thing. Some of the New Age music, like if you're streaming music off the Internet... It's very relaxing, but I have to stop myself and say, you know what, this music, the purpose for this music is so that I will become one with the universe. It's not pointing me to God. Okay, It's not Chris Tomlin singing, how great is our God? This is not John Newton, you know, amazing grace. This is relaxing music, but we have to be very careful. And I'm... I'm not saying we should walk in fear, but we have to be very careful what we're influenced by. And some of this instrumental music is demonic to the core because it's produced by for paganism, which is opposed to the Lord. So even if it's relaxing, you're like this is melodious, and ask yourself, what is the purpose of this music? What's behind the music? Um, now, if you're riding along the car with somebody and it comes on, don't destroy their radio, but, you know, because um, there's always that Christian guy, right? Like, you go to, go to Burger King after service and a secular song comes on. I've, I've known people like this before, and they'll go ask, the, ask them to turn it off, and it's like, really? Anyway, I'm not going to get onto that, you know, and then throw a tract at them. But um, New Age, basically, if we can kind of put it in and encapsulate it, put it in a little package, it advocates... Um, the good things of the New Testament without believing in the God of Bible. Okay, For example, we should treat each other with love and fairness and kindness, not take advantage of one another, not um, take advantage of the earth. Okay, But what's the problem with that? What's the problem with trying to advocate moral principles while denying God? Okay. The logical of divorcing it from God is that you end up with morality is nothing but a function of society. It's an accident of how it has no genuine basis. Mm. And so you end up with moral relativism. Okay. And uh, you ultimately lose it. I mean, there is no objective morality really when it's divorced from God. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
That's a good, that's a good point. The scripture is that we're indwelt by the Holy Spirit and it's from kind of like the song, Inside Out. That's where the change begins. So good point. Yeah. So that's one thing to remember, okay? When you take God out of the equation, you take all of the virtues and all of the good things. That's what many religions and people try to do to be atheists and be skeptics, but I'm a good moral person. They say, well, we're not, we're not denying that you can, can, be a, can be a loving father to your children and so forth. We're not saying that you have to believe in God to do that. Ultimately, it has to be through the Holy Spirit. But we're asking the question, does morality even exist? Right? Like actual truth that's immovable if you remove God and throw Him out of the equation. And the answer has to be no. So people who are trying to tell us to be good neighbors, but saying that God doesn't exist, are really not saying anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great point, Lee. Have y'all seen that bumper sticker? Okay. It's got all of the different symbols of the religions, and it's saying coexist, and it's spelling the letters with those symbols. And my question is, Christians have no problem. I mean, Christians are... Jesus told us, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would be fighting right now. I mean, they have been locked and loaded. They wouldn't let me. But the point for us is that we believe that truth has the power to persuade, which is the reason why we as followers of Jesus Christ do not, for many reasons, but one reason is we believe that the truth is persuasive in its own right, that Jesus doesn't need us to hold a gun to someone's head and say, become a follower in Jesus, because if it... If Jesus needs that, this is a line that you can use with Muslims who are very extreme. You say, if God is all-powerful, then why does God need people being forced at the point of the sword or the gun to become followers of God? Think about it. It's a pretty weak God. So we don't have any problem with coexisting. We hope they all become believers. So it's kind of, a, it's kind of a, an argument that goes off into nowhere, Right? And if we want to get down to it, most of the acts of violence that are committed around the world are by radical Muslims, or I guess we could say fundamental Muslims that are following the teachings of the Quran close, and then radical Hindus in India who don't like these children who are being adopted by Christian orphanages. They're ethnically Indians and being raised to be followers of Jesus Christ. It's an amazing study when you look at the effect of orphanages in India. It's awesome. And we should give Susan a high five and a good job as she's going around to, to raise awareness and help for the women there. But um, a few things before we finish up. Let's look at how Jesus, and this is what we want to do with Wiccans, to bring them to Jesus and how he handled spiritual forces. Okay, Jesus had, if you want to, if you want to get a little creative with this without reworking the New Testament, which you don't want to do, Satan was attempting to be Jesus's Spirit guide. Right? We're, talk, we're talking to people who believe in the Spirit guide. Here is Satan giving Jesus, I mean, throwing everything at him. He's trying to guide him away from God. But we all know, what did Jesus use? Which tactic did he employ when he was tempted? Boom. What's the authority? The Scripture. And you, you, do you notice that Jesus didn't pull out some long apologetics degree and, you know, give him all of these points and all this evidence? He just went straight to Scripture. 
So that's what we need to encourage our, our fellow believers about, that it's not ultimately about knowing all these rules of rhetoric and logic and so forth. It's knowing the Word of God. That's where the power is. And here's the thing. Can we all agree that Jesus is smart? Okay? Alright? Jesus is a good debater. Like, you know some of those Pharisees and scribes went home and cried to their mama after Jesus embarrassed them on some of those big occasions. Like in Luke 12, when he's going off against the Pharisees and the scribe says, Teacher, you insult us also. And Jesus turns and says, Woe to the scribes! You know, like, they're, and he just, he just let it rip. So we know that Jesus was a master, which in fact, there are certain college logic textbooks that actually use statements from the New Testament, Jesus' arguments, as perfect textbook examples of how to use logic to demolish your opponent's position. So we know Jesus is the Son of God. He was wickedly smart. All right, If we can change that word around to the common vernacular, somebody would be like, Jesus is not wicked. All right, Like really smart. Then... then What do we draw from Mark chapter 4 that Jesus didn't try to reason with Satan, but he simply quoted scripture? What are we to make of that? That instead of... That's it. And the Bible is just not information. Mm. It's the word of God. Right. It has power when you... Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. Definitely. Definitely. This is something I think would help if you're, and once again, I think our tone of voice, we all agree. I mean, we can get worked up, we get passionate, but the tone of voice, the mannerism in which we, and if we get time, we'll go through a little bit of that. When we ask these questions, we do it in the spirit of love. All right. To, to win the other person. But we know that Jesus didn't have to resort to white magic. Okay, this is, this is a huge distinction for people who believe in the spiritual realm. Like, all of these issues with bad things. Spirits that cause sickness. People who had just regular sickness from, you know, fallout of living in a sinful world. Jesus didn't have to use stuff, he just healed them. That's a game changer. Um... We know that Adam and Eve rebelled against God by believing the lie of Satan. And witchcraft is seeking power outside of God. Remember when Satan told Adam and Eve that if you, in the day that you eat of it, right, your, your, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. That sounds, I mean, we, we know because we're, we're after all of this. But if you're in that situation, and your heart is already kind of straying from God. You're like, man, God's kind of the big guy on the block. Be like God. They were trying to seek power outside of God to rival God. So once again, a lot of this comes back to just humility. A um, few texts here. Uh, we're not going to go through all of these, but 
Leviticus 19.31 tells us not to turn to mediums or spirit guides, uh, spiritualists or necromancers. little note if you want to take it. In the Greek language, necros means dead or, or, or death. has to do with the realm of the dead. So a necromancer is a person who tries to talk to the dead or talk to the spirits um, of the dead. And God says, if you do this, you will be unclean. Another example would be Saul's disobedience to God. This is when God says, I want to use you as the executioner of Agag, which is a very evil king, and Saul disobeyed. And then it says there uh, in verse 23, 1 Samuel 15, for rebellion is as the sin of divination or witchcraft. Literally, witchcraft is rebellion against God. This is a verse that my parents used on us growing up. They said, you do know that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And that, that'll, that'll get a five-year-old in line, right? He's seen the Wizard of Oz, okay? So um, we'll go to the next example here. King Manasseh's rebellion against God. King Manasseh, what we think, he's the one who executed uh, Isaiah. Alright, he was the son of Josiah, which this is a sad example in the Bible of how godly parents don't necessarily ensure that the kids are godly, which this right here is, I think, a good, I guess, an assurance and encouragement to parents who try to raise their children to follow and love Jesus, that if the children make up their minds and harden their hearts, it's not ultimately the parents' fault. Okay? And we need to be very clear with people. Yes, there's things that we can do to destroy our witness in the eyes of those that we influence who are younger than us. But at the end of the day, each person takes responsibility for themselves. As I've known a lot of godly parents who are blaming themselves for their children's depravity. And that's not right. Second uh, Chronicles 33 verse 1, uh, it goes through... He burned his sons as offering in the valley of the son of Hinnom, which that's actually where Jesus, right? Jesus pointed to that and said, this is Gehenna. It was a trash dump. It was where in Jesus' day, it was the landfill because the Jews thought it was unclean because children were burned alive there for for many years in the Old Testament. He used fortune tellings, omens, sorcery, and dealt with mediums and necromancers. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, This is a distinction here between ancient paganism and Wicca. Ancient paganism always, there are two elements. One was uh, immorality. Another was human type of sacrifice or things to do with blood. Wicca doesn't demand that either of those things um, happen, like in Satanism. Witchcraft is included or sorcery in the uh, the fruit of the flesh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 20. Uh, we don't have time tonight, but if you've ever read the story of Paul, or excuse me, Saul, visiting the witch at Endor, that is a story that if you sit down and read it like the first time you've heard it, you say, this is the word of God, it'll make, it's freaky. It is freaky. And he was so freaked out that he lost all his strength that he fell down almost like a dead man. And she did too. But that's, that's a very interesting case study um, in the Bible. But our start-off verse for tonight, or the first and in, uh, in the back bookend for tonight, 1 Corinthians 10, 19-22, the Apostle Paul says that the spirit, the idea, the philosophy behind idols is demonic. 
And so how do we witness to Wiccans? Uh, sometimes they'll claim, I don't know if you ran into this, Tiffany, but they'll say that the Bible has been corrupted. Um, it's been corrupted through you know years of people mistranslating it. Uh, one question without getting into a lot of the heavy stuff is just to ask them, are you aware of the evidence supporting the, the New Testament? I mean, are, are you aware of that? And uh, actually, we're out of time. Good night. We'll, we'll close here. If you've ever seen any of the those movies that deal with uh, Salem witch trials, the Spanish Inquisition, Roman Catholic Church in the Middle Ages, they were burning witches, right? Like crazy. Open season. So often, people who are involved in witchcraft and Wicca will say, well, the, the church has persecuted and murdered witches in the past. And this is where, especially if you're part of a Baptist church, you can respond, well, true Christians obey Jesus. They don't kill other people for Jesus, right? Like we don't have a, part of our discipleship ministry here is not how to kill people who don't agree with you, okay? We don't, we don't <laughs> teach that, all right? But especially if you have Baptist heritage, the Anabaptists were slaughtered by the Roman Catholic Church. They were baptized for good. They were put into baskets and cages. Sometimes rocks were tied to them. They were dropped down into rivers. And they said, you want to be baptized and immersed? We'll baptize you. Slaughtered tens of thousands of people. And not only that, people who would be followers of Jesus during the Middle Ages but weren't Roman Catholic were slaughtered and tortured. So this is a point in which we say, number one, we're not the Roman Catholic Church. But secondly, followers of Jesus were murdered by the Roman Catholic Church. And then ultimately, when we get them to the resurrection, bring them to Jesus. We ask the question, if the resurrection actually happened, what does that tell us about spirituality? Number one, we understand that God exists. Because Jesus said this is going to happen, it's prophecy, it's fulfilled. And if Jesus actually rose from the dead, then that proves that it's supernatural. And it proves that Jesus is the sharp end of the spear. That means we look to Jesus for all answers in terms of the spiritual world. And that means that Jesus is the way, truth, and life.